0: Welcome back to another Super Awesome Mix. My name is Matt Sedholm alongside my co-host and co-founder of Super Awesome Mix, Samer Abu
1: Salbi. Samer, how are we doing this week? I'm doing real well. I made it through this introduction <laughs> mix <laughs> that you put together. <laughs> I there were moments when I didn't think I would. really okay um, I did okay you made yeah, it through I did. all right what
0: Sammer's talking I to made it you know we started this in 2022 doing kind of intro to a specific artist and so if you go back through um, I did one which was an introduction to Pearl Jam and Sammer did one that was an introduction to Foo Fighters. And uh, as we were planning out 2023, I, I think you brought up. Well, I mean, we, we've got to do an introduction to the boss, right? And I was like, Yeah, I guess we do.
1: <laughs> he has been featured many times on our on our show. It was an inevitability that <laughs> that we got here.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I put together I put together uh, just 12 songs, which was a really really hard exercise for me because even. When I was kind of doing my notes and getting this show prepped, I was like, oh, why didn't I include this song? Oh, I should. Oh, my gosh. How, how do we not talk about this one? How do we not tell you? So, right. I probably could have done 120 songs, but um, I somehow got it down to 12 songs. So I'm just going to start off like overall impression.
1: What, what, thumbs up, thumbs down. What, what are we thinking? um thumbs up it was good it was definitely really good I there were a couple songs that I was surprised to hear okay um so I really liked that surprised in the sense of like oh I didn't know he like had music like yeah. this many of the others I was like much more familiar I was like okay yeah this is a Bruce Springsteen yes. song right um so I really liked the ones that kind of you know pushed me out of out of the comfort zone of of what I think Bruce does Um, and those are actually my favorite ones and we'll talk about them whenever we get there but um it was good. It was like I, I thought a very, you know, good tapestry of, of all of these songs. And and like you said, I think, you know, he's got millions of fans. We would probably have millions of different versions of how to introduce someone to Bruce Springsteen, <laughs> yes. right? Like everyone's got their own opinions and, and experiences with uh with an artist as prolific as him.
0: Agreed. Yeah, so we're going to go through 12 songs. They are almost entirely in chronological order. There was one at the end that I kind of put out of order. I saved it for the end of the mix. Um and so otherwise, yeah, these will go pretty much in uh in straight, you know, from from then till now type order. So um yeah, let's get into it. What do you think?
1: Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Track one. Um, I won't be saying the artist name every single time, but this is uh, we'll be mentioning the track and you went with for you.
0: Yeah, this is from the debut album. Greetings from Asbury Park, New Jersey. And um, I've featured a few songs from that album on different mixes, but I wanted to feature this one. Because um, I love, th- this is kind of emblematic of the lyric-heavy style that I, I just love. I mean, I could just listen to his lyrics all day. And uh, I think this one always kind of grabs me. It's, it's a love song. You know, it's a song to, um, you know, a partner of his. Uh, the lyric I love to call out here is, you know, wounded deep in battle, I stood stuck like some soldier undaunted. For her Cheshire smile, I'll stand on file. She's all I ever wanted. And uh, I just love that, you know, just how, um, you know, he describes the, the kind of the anguish uh, involved sometimes in, in love uh, with this song. And, you know, for his debut album, I mean, I think this is really strong when you go back and listen to it, but um, obviously it wasn't his most commercially successful album. We'll get to that one later, but uh, still a really strong effort when you think about uh, how, I mean, it's a 50 year old album at this point. And um you know, when you think about debuts in general, I think this was this was pretty good.
1: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's always really interesting to go back. You know, now knowing that you know this artist is going to become who he became and and how um, how notable his work has been to like listen to those first works and see kind of where they started and what they sounded like. So I really like that. Uh, I I enjoyed the song a lot. I, I also mentioned, um, you know, I found myself lost in the lyrics. And the in general, he has really dense songs lyrically. Like. They're all stories being told and you really got to pay attention. So, um, you know, sometimes I struggle with that. And I think that's part of the why where I felt like, I, am I going to make it through this? Because I tend to like, as we discussed uh, very recently on the birthday mix, I tend to <laughs> like very kind of more simplistic, repeated lyrics. And then now, you know, like that's my style. Um, but obviously, like, you know, storytelling through music is, is old as old as time itself. So um, this was a really good starter, definitely uh, for this mix. All right. So track two, um, we don't jump too far into the future, but it is Rosalita. Come out tonight. A fun one. Yeah,
0: this is definitely a fun one. Um, This is off his second album, and this one is still performed in concert. I saw him on his 2023 tour recently as he came through Dallas and uh, still performs this one. And, you know, even though this one is so lyric heavy, I mean, pretty much everyone there knows every word. And so it's, it's pretty crazy. Uh, how this one has stood the test of time. Now, early on in the band's history, this was the song he would use to introduce the band. And uh, so that that's kind of evolved. So it's, it's definitely one to call out just because it is played so often in concert. And I, the thing I love about this one is all the musical changes throughout. It's almost like three songs in one, which is really fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, just so much energy. It, it's not a karaoke song because it's like seven and a half minutes <laughs> long. Like you, you right. definitely can't pull it off, no matter how much you love Rosalita. Um, <laughs> the line, the line I love in this one is uh, what he says: "Someday we'll look back on this and it will all seem funny." Because I just love that <laughs> perspective. Because there's so many situations we're in in life, and as you get older, you do look back on them, and it, it does just seem funny that maybe what you were feeling at the time was, you know, angst or, or, you know, worry when, when really it was probably more funny than anything else. So I just love that.
1: Yeah, exactly. Perspective. Time gives, often gives a lot of perspective on things. So I love that. I, I, for some reason, just really like the line, um, the verse where he says, windows are for cheaters, chimneys for the poor, closets are for hangers, winners use the door. (laughs) So use it, Rosie, that's what (laughs) it's there for. I don't know why but I just find those like that set of lyric to be like so like joy inducing. Um, I really yeah, like you
0: can't read too much into it because it's kind of like, wait, is right. that a, do winners use the door? Is that how when, windows are for cheap? Yeah. Right. So it's like, oh, okay. You know, it could, <laughs> it can make sense or it could just be fun, you know? So I think that definitely works here. And, you know, a lot of times in his concerts, people will bring signs because he will do requests from time to time. He will just pull, you know, somebody will bring a sign. Let's hear this one. And, and the band will start playing it. And the sign often held up is, you know, can Rosie come out tonight? You know, like kind of nice. requesting this one to, to to get played. But this one's pretty much in, in canon now. It just gets played every time.
1: All right. Track three. Uh, one we featured on our winter mix because of the title here. 10th Avenue Freeze Out. Yeah, this one,
0: um you know, I have to include it because it is currently the song and he's used it to introduce the band for a long time. Pretty much since they reunited, this has been the song that he's used to introduce the band. But more importantly you know, there's a, there's a song, the, the start of the third verse, he says, well, you know, they, they made the change up town and the big man joined the band. And the big man here is saxophonist Clarence Clemens, who was part of the band just from the beginning. And uh, Clarence died several years ago. And during a concert now, when he gets to that line, you know, he's like, he tells everyone this is the important part, you know, and then on the video screen, they'll be showing this old concert footage uh, that just show kind of a montage of, you know not just him but but a couple other guys from the band that they've lost uh Danny Federici which was the original organist for the band and uh it's just cool to kind of see that that's the one time the video boards in the arena are really used at his shows mm-hmm. and um it's just neat to see some of the old footage from you know, the seventies and eighties when they were still just bringing the same level of energy that they do now. I mean, he's 73 now, <laughs> it's still a, a three right. hour concert that is just beginning to end just, just tons of energy. So, um, had to call this one out because anybody who's going to get familiar with the band has to learn about Clarence and has to learn about that relationship. And, and the song's very, uh, very emblematic of that.
1: That's incredible. Yeah. I I, honestly, I'm, I marvel at at, like his ability to keep being in concert, keep doing tours. It's a lot of work. Like it's tiring work people, you know, I mean, I'm certain a lifetime of doing that has got away on you, but he still always looks like he's having so much fun doing it. So I think it's really, that is impressive and, and what a gift that is to be able to, to really love what you do. Um, But yeah, great. You know, I think we talked about this originally. This, it makes sense that he would use this to introduce the band because this is kind of the formation of like the E Street band Um, and that he's Bad Scooter, like because it shares the initials, Bruce Springsteen. I thought that was pretty, (laughs) always kind of clever. No, it was a good one. I like it. And speaking of Bad Scooter, track four here is Bad Lands from 1978.
0: So on the Darkness and the Edge of Town, you know, album that the, is now fourth album, he gets into a dispute with the record company and they're going back and forth over, you know, he at this point, he really hasn't made any money, even though his third album Born to Run was just a monster album, right? Like up to that point, a really mm-hmm. commercially successful album. Um, and so there were a lot of starts and stops with the recording of this one. He recorded a ton of songs that, you know, eventually some got kicked to other albums, some got kicked to other artists. Um, So it was pretty wild how this one eventually ends up coming together. And I think, you know, because of the kind of tumultuous nature of it, I think that's probably where we got Badlands, because this one is about, you know, kind of chasing a dream and and sort of struggling. And um, I listened to this one and I, I just feel like it still can resonate with people now just as much as it did in in the late 70s in a very different, you know, economic time and a different time in the world, all of that. Um, so I don't know. I, I just, the, this one, I feel like is timeless. It still gets played in concert. Like this is another kind of big hit. Um, but yeah, I mean, just, I don't know. This one always stands out on an album with a, a lot of great music on it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. This one was a little bit different for sure than, than the, you know, the first three here on the mix, um, but it had a lot of lyrics that I really liked. And and probably because it does speak to something, you know, as you're saying, that's a little bit more universal and things that people can really like relate to. You know, I, I love the line. Um, I don't give a damn just for the in-betweens. I want the heart. I want the soul. I want control right now. Um, you know, I don't I don't give a damn for the same old played out scenes. Um, you know, just wanting something new, want some, wanting something different, wanting to kind of break the mold and things. Uh, I also really love the lines here. Poor man want to be rich, rich man want to be king, and a king ain't satisfied till he rules everything. Um, I I love that. You know, again, just this idea of always craving more. No matter what you have, you still are looking out out on the horizon and and nothing's ever good enough. So very interesting. I I could see now knowing the context of how this album came together, like how this song belongs on that is really interesting. All right. Um track number five, Out
0: in the Street. Okay, so after everything with his record deal, he from that point on, Bruce Springsteen owns all of his recordings, right? Like he he kind of settles with the, the record company then. And so they shift gears and they, they're, you know, working on this album, that album. They made all this material with the previous album. So the river ends up being a, a double album, right? So there's like 20 songs on the original uh release of The River. Now, 45 years later, he he came out with, you know, an anniversary edition of The River that c- included a whole other album. So, so that, oh, yeah, wow. that was like 10 more songs that he decided to release, but it that were all recorded at, you know, about the same time. And there were a lot of like really good songs there and a couple that he previously had just performed in concert. And these were like the original recordings of them. So that was also kind of cool to, uh, to listen to those, but I picked out in the street. I mean, again, people who love, and this is like one of those Bruce Springsteen fans love the river album. And my high school English teacher introduced us to the song, the river, right? Like that was her, like, you know, we talk about the proverbial English teacher teaching you about rock music, but the river (laughs) was the song that, uh, the first time I heard it, I was in high school, but, um, yeah, it, it's just a great album. And, and when he toured it on the anniversary tour 45 years later, he played it beginning to end, just in order, in the original order that it came came out. Um, but Out in the Street, I, I love the song. It's got a ton of great energy to it. And I think it's relatable. You know, recently people were talking about kind of the quiet quitting movement. Remember that that? That, mm-hmm. that was a thing. And I think this kind of speaks to the being one person at work and maybe just can't wait to get out the door and being another person like on the weekend. So I think this is still a really relatable song.
1: Yeah, no, it isn't. And it's funny you mentioned that because I was going to bring up, you know, that, this is 1980 for him. He's still, you know, he's obviously a more successful artist than, you know, his after his first album, but he's not yet the almost now billionaire that he becomes <laughs> later right. in his life. And, you know, we talked, we joked a lot about that, like some of these artists and hip hop people, and they still sing you know, like these songs in concert and stuff. And, you know, these lines, I work five days a week loading crates down on the dock. I take my hard earned money. And it's it's like, Bruce, have, have you lifted anything yourself recently? Like, <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: and, and, it, and I was just at the show. I was just at the show. Right. Everyone there is is like 60 years old and probably doing pretty well if they can afford Bruce Springsteen tickets, <laughs> right. right? So it's like they're not loading crates right. on the dock either. <laughs>
1: right. Yeah, because he got a lot of flack for like the price of some of his tickets and how Ticketmaster priced every. Oh my gosh! Yeah, so I just think that that's really funny. um, Listening to these lyrics, knowing again where he goes in his career and and his daughter is like an Olympian equestrian or something. I mean, all of these things are are not. I would argue not the norm in America. Um, Those aren't working man
0: problems, you know. Yeah.
1: No. Oh, my daughter's horse. Ugh, she needs another vet visit. Hey, man, you, you, you know when you got it when you
0: just reshooed your horse and then you got to reshoe it again? Uh, I I don't. I don't know what that's like. Well,
1: I really cost more than you think. I'm sure it does. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! But yeah, great song. Um, and and like you said, it's very relatable. All right. Uh, Track number six, a a very different mood here, a much more somber one. um, And it is Highway Patrolman. Okay. So
0: this is off the Nebraska album, which is one of like three acoustic albums he would eventually release. Um, And this one, it was recorded entirely like in his kitchen at home. (laughs) And he was originally just recording these as demos and then brought them to the band. And there's, there's legend out there of something called the Electric Nebraska Sessions, where the whole band is involved putting these songs together and and kind of what that sounds like. But they realized that um, it just wasn't working with the whole band. So he actually took those demos that he recorded, and that became the Nebraska album. So it's, it's very different. He releases it just by him. It wasn't and the E Street Band. Um, and yeah, you're right. I mean, this song, you know, definitely stands out as something very different from the rest of the songs on this mix. And, and honestly, the rest of the songs from his previous albums, it's it's very different. And the whole album's like that. Um, but I picked Highway Patrolman because, you know, when you talk about Bruce Springsteen, you talk about storytelling and this one really is a, a pretty, you know, straightforward story to follow so much so that it inspired Sean Penn to write and direct a movie called The Indian Runner in 1991, which is inspired by this song. And it's pretty much if you go and look it up on IMDb, you know, the main character, you know, Joe Roberts, like it's like he just takes the names and he puts his story together. Yeah. So it really was kind of cool. But this is like the the one Springsteen song that someone kind of took and and ran with as far as building out the characters around it and, and the whole story that he presents.
1: Yeah, this one in that regard really reminded me of like a Bob Dylan song. Um, you know, many, especially because of its acoustic nature and the fact that he's like singing slash kind of not talking, but you know, it's like a, it's not strictly singing either. This story and and like you said, you, it has a plot. You follow it start to finish, and you know exactly what's going on, and you you get a sense of these two characters, like this highway patrolman and his brother who returned from Vietnam, and and the struggles and. Um, I thought in that regard, yeah, it was like really powerful. You you do really understand these two people that he's singing about. And and I think it works so much better being acoustic. I can't imagine this song with like a full band behind it. Right. It just wouldn't. It wouldn't make
0: sense. Yeah. And I think that's what they realized once they got in the studio.
1: Yeah, really good. Nice one. This was uh, on on my favorites off of off of this mix. I like this one because again, it was really different than what I was used to. I, so I suspected, yeah. Good. I
0: suspect if you went back and just listened to every one of his albums, I'm not asking you to do that, but I would think Nebraska and his other acoustic albums would be the ones that you probably like more than the others.
1: Nice. All right, track seven, Bobby Jean.
0: Okay, so this is off Born in the USA, and I've featured a few songs off of the Born in the USA album before. Um, He describes this album in his autobiography as just going nuclear, (laughs) like meaning like (laughs) this was when like he just took off, Uh, like he was already world famous, right? Like it's not like people didn't know who Springsteen was, but this just became a whole nother level. Um, Almost every song of this album, I think, was released as a single at one point. They toured stadiums for like two and a half years just on this album. Wow. And, um, and it was also about the time his band started to break up, like the E Street Band would break up after this album. And so some people say this song is about Steven Van Zandt, who's a longtime member of the band who had decided to leave the band after, uh, after the, you know, Born in the USA tour. So... Um, but yeah, you get the Bobby Jean, which is which is kind of not specific gender wise. And in the song, mm-hmm. you really just he talks about just being a friend to this person. So it, so it's not a romantic song, but it could be about, you know, a man or a woman. Right. It's, it's really not specific. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really clever from a songwriting standpoint. And I also love how it's like, you know, I'm just calling one more time not to say not to change your mind, but just to say goodbye. And, and I just love mm-hmm. that. And I think the older I get, you know, we've talked before about how songs hit you a little differently at different times in your life. And I think this one kind of hits differently as I get older and you do kind of say goodbye to friends because maybe it's someone, you know, you've, you've been friends with a long time and then, then they pass away and you didn't get a chance to see them one more time, you know, um, whatever the case may be, but I, I don't know. I just, I, I this is the song of born in the USA that I always come back to.
1: Is real music dying? What even is real music and who are we to judge that? Well, my father is a lifelong musician and together we've been making music for over a decade. In our new podcast, we dare to ask the urgent, the weird and the deep questions. And we have a lot of wild stories to tell. No matter what genres you enjoy, whether you're a musician, a producer or a listener, we invite you to discover unconventional perspectives on music. So tune in. And go follow Mad Makings of Music wherever you listen to podcasts. Yeah, it's definitely much more melancholy in that regard. like, especially paying attention to the lyrics although at first when you just hear the beat you think it's kind of a very upbeat and and maybe it is right I think that's that's kind of the magic of it is, is as you're saying he's not calling to beg or change someone's mind or or plead or anything it really is just like you know I miss you and and goodbye um and like this really nice idea of wishing someone luck and, and hoping that they're doing well wherever they may be is uh yeah very powerful I like this one a lot. But certainly, certainly more melancholy um, than some of the other ones that he sings about. Okay, track eight, we've got Living
0: Proof. Okay, so the East Street Band breaks up after uh, Born in the USA. And, you know, his follow up album I've talked about before is a Tunnel of Love. And it was really, you know, it's one of these things where he realized he was probably never going to be able to replicate what Born in the USA was. And so he just went in a completely different direction and released Tunnel of Love. And uh, that was a really successful album. And then, you know, a few years later, he released two albums, two separate albums on the same day. One was called Lucky Town and the other was called Human Touch. This is off the Lucky Town album. And the reason I call it out is because there is this period between like Tunnel of Love and The Rising, which we'll get to, where You just don't hear much from Bruce Springsteen, right? Like there's not a lot of big Mm -hmm. hits or anything like that. But I wanted to highlight this song because I think he was still putting out some really good work. This one in particular was about the birth of his son. And uh, for anyone who's ever had children, right, you do you do realize it is it is life changing, and it is something where when you think about you know all the you know whether you have faith or not, whether spiritual or not. You know, there's no, I think, better living proof of kind of something beyond yourself than when you produce this whole other person. <laughs> and so I just right. love how this song is written and how it's written about that. And anyone who's ever experienced it, I think, can really relate to it. And even if you haven't, I think I think it still hits.
1: There was um there was a line here in the bridge that I thought was so powerful um, that I really liked. And it was like, you shot through my anger and rage. to show me my prison was just an open cage. There were no keys, no guards, just one frightened man and some old shadows for bars. And I think if you put that line in any context, like for me, that really is is a powerful idea because we often do kind of cage ourselves in and we think we're in a prison, but we're not. Um, So I think that that's really amazing. And I'm guessing, you know, maybe he's just talking about how the birth of his son like cut through something like was a light through all of you know whatever darkness and and realized that he was just afraid and and that was that was the prison that he was in so that was really powerful but i just absolutely love those lines i i think yeah i i think they have a such a strong power there and it really speaks to him as a songwriter it's incredible and and one thing i hadn't
0: mentioned i mean one thing that's a through line through a lot of his music was you know he had a rough relationship with his own father And, uh, and Mm -hmm. so I think what, you know, you're talking about there and the reason this, that kind of hits, I think a little bit is, you know, now he's a father. So it's like, he's on the other side of that relationship, which is always, which is always a challenge. I think for anybody when they, they make that transition, if the, if the previous relationship wasn't great.
1: Yeah. All right. Track nine, the rising.
0: OK, so the E Street Band actually reunited in like the mid to late 90s. They got together and there was a reunion tour and an HBO concert special. There was this whole thing right around 2000, but they hadn't produced any new music. And then uh, and he and, and Bruce had started to write some new songs for the band. And then 9-11 happens in 2001. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he, he describes people kind of seeing him out and saying, hey, Bruce, we need you right? Like th- there was something about that, that uh, struck him. And, and he wrote, you know, more than half of the songs, I think on this album, it's an 18 song album, which is maybe his longest ever. And, uh, I think probably more than half of them, like really evoke images in your mind of nine eleven. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I picked the rising, it was the title track and it, it's so, I think, uh, I think it's an emotional song while also being inspirational at the same time. And uh, I mean, it's always stuck with me again. This is one that he still plays in concert, but that whole album, I mean, if you have any, I mean, even if you don't have an emotional connection to nine 11, but I would say, especially if you do, I mean, go listen to that album because I think there's a number of songs that will really, that will really speak to you.
1: Yeah, this was so. What I started to do as I worked my way through this mix was I realized I I would be better off reading the lyrics first and then listening to the song. And so this one, as I was reading the lyrics, I I found myself wanting to cry. Like it's like such a powerful story. Um, You know, I was a lot younger when it happened, and and it's been a part of my you know youth and and growing old and everything and everyone else that went through in all different times of life. Um, But yeah, I thought it was just so powerful. And then I listened to the song and. Wow, yeah, it's just an incredibly emotional song. Um, He sounds more country in this one, which I thought was interesting. Like, I, I don't know, he has like kind of a little bit of a twang in it and maybe that's just... The, the subject matter and, you know, talking about the United States all coming together and, and something. But I, I thought that was interesting that he sounded a little bit differently. It wasn't what I expected to hear from him um, having first read the lyrics and listening to the song, but yeah, certainly a very powerful one on, on the topic. A lot of
0: his more recent stuff, he'd have, he has a little bit more steel guitar and a little bit more violin in there where I, mm-hmm. I agree with you. There are some more recent songs that sound very country ish or have country tones to it versus Certainly, versus his earlier work,
1: right? All right. Um, I think this one actually is my favorite song. This next one, track ten, and it is "Devils and Dust."
0: Yeah, so this is off an acoustic album of the same name, um, and and I think it's interesting that, to point out that you know Bruce really became famous after the Vietnam War was over, and then eventually he you know writes "Born in the USA" as kind of a response to the mistreatment of Vietnam vets and this mm-hmm. song and this album was was a lot of it was inspired by you know his response to the Iraq war right so so post 911 right. we invade iraq and then there's this this war going on and i think this song is incredible just because it's it's not anti-war right it, it's really just i think kind of trying to make someone like me who's never been in a war situation understand what that does to someone and I think when he the right. lyrics like we've got gone on our side, like both sides think they're in the right in any conflict. Right. And, and, and of course, and then, yeah. you know, and it's like, you know, takes your God filled soul, fills it with devils and dust and, and kind of speaks to maybe I think the PTSD that so many of our soldiers suffer from after they come back from that situation.
1: Yeah, I, I thought it was so powerful in that regard. You're exactly right. Like just the struggle of what it means to go over there to do to fight in any war, really on, on any side. Oftentimes they are just at the end of the day, a lot of the people who fight in these wars are they, they're practically children, yeah. right? Like they're kids, like they're young, they're young adults. Um, And it's wild what you have to go through. So I thought, yeah, you're right. It's like a really powerful kind of reminder of, um, you know, what it what it's like and a lot of the lyrics that I loved, you know, following what you just said, like, what if what if what you do to survive kills the things you love? And again, like, you know, what a lot of people talk about anytime they come back from a conflict of things that they did and just stay alive um, and how hard that is and how much they they struggle and um, and need help to kind of process those things. I can't imagine. Um, But yeah, this one, I think, again, really belonged and, and worked well as an acoustic song because it just gave more power to his words and, and what he was thinking about. Uh, I love the harmonica play. I thought that also was very Dylan-esque um, and, and gave it gave it a nice sound as well. So certainly a favorite of mine. And, and I think, yeah, just a beautiful, beautiful song. I, I tend to like a lot of his acoustic stuff, apparently.
0: <laughs> well, it's all great, yeah. But no, I can, I can see you favoring a little bit more of that, for sure.
1: Yeah. All right. Um, track 11, all the way from 2020, and it is Ghosts.
0: Yeah, so Letter to You was his most recent studio album. And, um, you know, it's interesting. There was a documentary about the making of this album on Apple TV+. And they, um, he talks in this, specifically, I think, about this song and a couple others on the albums. that they, they really are some reflections of his own mortality. And one of the stories he tells in the documentary is that, you know, the original band he was part of was called the Castiles. And he realized while making this album, his last uh, bandmate from that group had passed away. So he's the last living member of the Castiles. And that really hit him as like having, you know, having more life behind him than ahead of him. Right. And, uh, you -hmm. know, he writes this song ghosts and uh, I, I just, I don't know. I love it. I, I love the energy behind it, you know, and the idea that these people are with us and and that, you know, those who have gone before us are still around and, and their things can can kind of bring energy to us. Um, so I don't know. I just this one I, I just love and, and it's a more recent one. And um, he does it in concert, uh, you know, now obviously it's a, it's a more recent song, but I just think it's still I mean, look, 50 years on, he's still putting out really good work
1: yeah i I think the sentiment of the song is is amazing like that you you take the generations of music that come before you and you play music for the next generations and the current generation and and how all of that guides you and how musicians really are the product of culture and and of their own lives and everything so it's really really powerful sentiment um and a very good song I like that one a lot as well and to round out the mix uh track twelve. We go back in time as you mentioned um just a little bit though and this is American land yeah I wanted to end on a high
0: note um so the only album he's made up until so last year he came out with a, an album of cover songs of like old you know soul r and b songs uh, called only the strong survive prior to that the only album he had made that was primarily cover songs was this Seeger sessions uh, double album that were um all covers, 13 covers of this, uh, of, you know, American folk singer, Pete Seeger and, um, you know, 13 of the 14 tracks on the album were cover songs. And then there was one original, and that was this one, American land. And, um, it's a, it's an immigrant song, right? And so I thought, Mm -hmm. you know, myself being, you know, both of us actually being the, uh, the sons of immigrants. I mean, this one always warms my heart. I, I love the energy of it. And I love, I think it's got a real unifying spirit uh, about, you know, what America represents to those in other lands and, uh, and what it represents to those of us who are here. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I just, uh, I just love this song. So I wanted to go out on it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I like that. No, it's true. I mean, and I think you know he talks a lot. I, I think in this song, it's powerful that he talks a lot about the struggles too of like what immigrants are promised versus what the reality is for many of them. Um, that was like my takeaway because you know they, um, it's like they said. Um, in the song, like things are paved with gold and and all these wonderful things and come on over. But then the reality is, you know, like he sings, like they died building the railroads, work to bones and skin. They died in the fields and factories, names names scattered in the wind. Um, I just think that's so powerful. And I think it is, it's easy for us to forget that a lot of people come here to make their dreams come true. um, And we need to Really respect that as much as we can. Like it's it's tough being here for everyone. I think it's <laughs> yeah. tough for all of us. Some maybe more than others. So yeah, I I, I like that um, to end this on to end this mix on this note um, is really good.
0: Well, there you have it. Okay, your introduction to Bruce Springsteen. You've heard plenty of songs that I've brought to mixes in the past, but now you get one giant Bruce Springsteen mixtape for for your uh, enjoyment. Sammer found a few that that he likes. Um, For the for the diehard fans out there, I know you're probably gonna, you know, send me messages at Super Awesome Mix, okay, about things that I I omitted. But you know, forgive me. It's twelve songs. It's not easy.
1: It's not easy. No.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, Sammer and I will get to work on our next Super Awesome Mix. And so for Sammer, this is Matt, and we'll see you next time.